This episode is part of the pool's Local Officials Stronger Together podcast series. It's one way we serve local officials through integrity, public service, fiscal responsibility, and operational excellence. As always, please direct specific questions about coverage to your member services manager. Welcome to Episode 7 in the Risk Pool's Stronger Together podcast series. Today's episode is about the pool's Call Before You Fire hotline. In our last couple of episodes, we focused on property issues. This time, we'll focus on a different type of infrastructure, your employees, your human infrastructure. As usual, I'm going to give you some basic information, visit with people who are experts in the subject, and then give you several action items to help you get everything you can from our partnership. Why should a local elected official care about employment law? According to a recent study, U.S. employers with fewer than 500 employees have almost a 12% chance of facing an employment lawsuit. And if you are one of the ones that gets sued, about one in five of those lawsuits results in a defense and settlement payment with an average cost of $125,000. In some cases, the employee was in fact treated unfairly and in violation of one or more laws. In others, that isn't true and the claims become nuisance claims. But whether the allegations are legitimate or they're unfounded, you have to handle all of them very carefully to avoid liability. So the baseline standard in Texas for employment law is referred to as at-will employment. That means we can fire an employee for good cause or no cause at all. Great news, right? Well, not exactly. There's many federal and state laws that say otherwise by overlaying the at-will doctrine with all kinds of protections for employees. Moreover, at least at the management level, employment contracts are common for local government officials, and those can modify the doctrine as well. Also, civil service under state law or a home rule charter and collective bargaining or meet and confer for public safety employees also provide additional protections. All the laws that affect employment are way too numerous to cover here, but most employers already know that federal law prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, national origin, or sex, and also on the basis of pregnancy or childbirth, unequal pay for equal work, the actions of those of a certain age, and the actions of those with certain disabilities. The U.S. Constitution grants certain rights to employees. For example, the First Amendment protects freedom of expression and freedom of religion. The Fourth Amendment protects government employees from unreasonable search and seizure. That provision actually mostly prohibits random drug testing of local government employees, except those in safety-sensitive positions. All those are federal laws that are already chipping away at the at-will employment doctrine, right? Well, then you have to move into state law, which has many protections as well. We have whistleblower protections, additional discrimination protections, and other quirks. For example, you can't discipline a police officer in Texas without taking certain steps, including providing a written complaint to the officer prior to taking action. Another example is that general law cities have a higher vote threshold to terminate city officers like a city secretary. And even though it's not technically a state law, a home rule city's charter could have additional employment-related requirements as well. That's a lot, isn't it? And it doesn't even take into account any local policies or procedures that you may have adopted through a personnel manual or otherwise. How can an elected official or even a city manager be expected to know all of this? Well, you really don't have to know it all. All you need to know is when you need help. 
And both the Texas Municipal League, through its legal hotline, and the TML Risk Pool, through our Call Before You Fire program, can provide information to help you and supplement your attorney's work. Depending on the severity of the issue, the pool could even decide to provide you with a local attorney to help you out. I'm now joined by David Reagan, the Risk Pool's general counsel. David's been with the pool for almost 30 years and worked for cities for about 13 years before that. David, let's talk specifically about the Call Before You Fire program. Did you come up with that idea or collaborate with others to do so? Yes, I collaborated on the idea. But what we were seeing in our employment litigation, primarily from smaller members, is some very basic mistakes that if they had just had some type of guidance, they wouldn't have made those basic mistakes. And employment litigation is very complex. There's a lot of minefields in employment law these days, and it's expensive, and it takes a long time to resolve. So what we did is how can we get a dialogue going with members that they feel comfortable with? And we came up with this program, Call Before You Fire program. In some cases, no matter what a member does, they are probably going to get sued. If you think that's where the call is headed, what can the pool do to help them? We have, in those instances, says, you know, we are going now to bring in one of our defense attorneys to help you. And we pay for that until they do get sued. And then, of course, it gets charged toward their deductible and that sort of thing. If they never get sued, then they don't have to worry about the cost of that program. In those instances, the defense attorney comes in, finds out the situation, says, you know, and gets them ready for litigation and gets the case positioned in the best way possible for a favorable outcome for the member. I'll say I've never heard of a private insurance company doing that or even having a program like Call Before You Fire at all. That is a really good point. That I know of no insurance company that provides such a program. No insurance company provides all of the loss prevention programs that um, we provide. And one of the interesting things, what insurance company do you know? Can you call up and speak to the executive director or a board member? I agree. Shoot, I can't even get a hold of my agent half the time. And he's my uncle. As with every episode, we have written materials linked on the podcast webpage to go along with what we're talking about. The main document for this episode is called the Employment Law Manual for Texas Cities. That manual is authored by Laura Mueller, who's the city attorney for Dripping Springs. Prior to that, Laura and I worked together at the main TML legal department for several years. She joins us now. Hey, Laura, tell me about what got you interested in preparing the Employment Law Manual. There's sometimes a lack of information related to employment law. There's a really great organization, TMHRA, that provides information, but I thought TML could also assist with that. And so when I saw that as a need, I just, you know, and I was already interested, I stepped into it. I knew that we already had a revenue manual at TML, some other information, um, but I thought the employment law manual would be really key for people, especially those who are volunteers, elected officials, or appointed officials who've only worked in the private sector before. After putting it together, what are some of your best tips for local officials? Just having a solid personnel manual and following it, being familiar with state and federal laws as much as possible, uh, using your city attorney, and then at the end of the day, really just treating you similarly situated employees the same. You know, being fair with them, telling them when they're doing a good job or a bad job, but treating them all the same. I think that's the most important thing. Thanks for joining us, Laura, and for those tips.
All right, let's talk about your action items for today's episode. Number one, do you have a personnel manual? Is it up to date? If you're an HR practitioner, the Texas Municipal Human Resources Association is a great resource. They have conferences and they even have an example personnel manual that you can review with your attorney or hire one of theirs to help you. Action item two, are you doing regular evaluations of your employees and documenting those evaluations? We're not talking about just when an employee does something wrong, but throughout the year, the good and the bad. I asked David about this one, and here's what he had to say. Documentation is excellent, but we've also seen it taken too far and have been members against it. They never document anything except this one employee, and now they've over-documented. I mean, every movement has been documented, and you know that they're just uh, trying to get him fired. It's, it's real obvious from the over-documentation. So document, but treat everybody the same. And don't over-document one person and not document somebody else. In fact, Laura actually said the same thing when I spoke to her. Regular evaluations and documentation of employees is super important. Whether you're trying to give someone a raise or trying to terminate them or discipline them, if you don't have the proper documentation, you can always have allegations that you're not treating everyone the same, being fair, discrimination. And so written documentation is super important. Action item number three, if you think you need to discipline or terminate an employee, use the resources available to you on the front end. Talk to your attorney, check with TML's legal hotline, and call the risk pools call before you fire program. Doing those things right at the beginning is much better for everyone, including the employee. All right, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you'll be with us next time. See you then. To review written materials associated with the presentation or to ask Scott a question, please visit www.tmlirp.org and click on the Stronger Together podcast link. Please remember that the information in this episode is provided for informational purposes only and doesn't constitute legal advice. We recommend that you review the podcast and the accompanying written materials with your attorney prior to taking action.